You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. But let's get to another potential free agent who Knicks fans have had their eye on. Um, and he's an unlikely name. Chris Porzingis. Uh, he has a chance to opt out of his contract to become an unrestricted free agent this season. And despite how things ended in New York, some have wondered if he would fit well with the Knicks today. But SNY uh, NBA insider Ian Bagley says the chances for a KP reunion in New, York, in New York seem unlikely. Bagley writes today, the prospect of bringing Porzingis back to New York on a long-term deal may look good on paper, but it would be a significant commitment for the Knicks and it doesn't seem like a path they'd go down at this time. Porzingis played 65 games this season for the Wizards. That was the most he had played since his second year with the Knicks all the way back in, I believe, 2018. Uh, he, he posted a career high in field goal percentage and points per game this year with the Wizards. So, Tommy, you got Ian Bagley there putting it out there that the fit looks good on paper, at least, but that the Knicks may not be willing to make the significant long-term commitment that would to bring him here. So I'll ask you, is it, are the Knicks wrong to pass up on a KP reunion? Yeah. So the, the, a couple questions here, uh, first and foremost, um, the only way the Knicks can obtain him is, is, is via a sign and trade. Sign and trade. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so he'd have to opt out or sign it, sign an extension with this, with this team and or opt out and then sign a trade. Or um, they can, I guess he could technically opt in and then, and the Knicks could trade for him then. Uh, sure, yes, that that's true. He could opt into the final season, correct? Um, and then you, my he also he won an extension after that. But yeah. Correct. And my assumption is the Knicks wouldn't give up assets if they didn't have an extension. You know, in other words, they they wouldn't right. trade him for a one year right. rental um, unless they felt like they were dumping a contract, um, which the Wizards wouldn't wouldn't accept. So so I don't think I would include RJ or Randall in, in a deal. So then you're asking yourself, would you do a Mitchell? package you know mitchell and somebody mitchell and fournier mitchell and a draft pick something along those lines um kind of a, a mitchell robinson centric package for chris Stapps Brzingis. if you're willing to entertain that then the question you ask yourself is okay am i willing to pay chris Stapps Brzingis 25 30 35 million dollars a season and then what's kp's go, what what is kp going to require it via an extension so he has an option for 38.8 is his is his, is his player uh, i'm sorry 33.8 is his player option this season um if he declines it it's unlikely that he'd get you know I, the max he can get is basically four years 180 million um mm-hmm. which is which is the, the wizards would be crazy to pay i don't think anyone assumes that um, i don't even think porzingis is going to request the max um yeah. But you know, should is is four years at uh, averaging thirty five million um, annual salary? Is that something that uh, that 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 KP would settle for? Is that something that the Knicks would be comfortable paying? So those are all the questions that that kind of pay it. Um, I have hesitancy. I, I I think that there. It's very interesting. That I think KP would be very interested in returning to New York. I think. I think we, so too. We discussed it on the pod. I don't know if it was December or, or or January or February. Sometime in the winter, he's speaking with Nick's reporters. He basically said, "I didn't handle it well." Um, yeah. Kind of apologized for the way the way that it was all handled. I think. He but it's so funny because like how many how many of those same Nick beat writers talked about how it was all the Nick's fault and how yes. he handled things and KP was was perfectly fine. He did nothing wrong, and then he's telling those same writers, "Hey, I didn't handle that well. I'm sorry." <laughs> 
exactly exactly and, and everyone was convinced that kp was the next uh kareem and kareem and yeah combined um that said obviously you know let bygones be bygones you're not going to cut up your nose to spite your face there's a new regime in place um again if he was a free agent so that, that's kind of where you start if he's a free agent would you sign him for let's say he wants 35 million a year i'd be hesitant if he wanted to settle for 27 to 29 i'm interested i definitely want to hear from him um but if he's asking for even 33 and i got to give up mitchell robinson and a draft pick for the right to pay an injury prone big man that much yeah. money um I'm not saying I'm going to, I'm not going to dismiss it outright. Um, I think there's a place if he's, you know, again, he needs to play the five, which is something he wasn't right. willing to do during his first in New York, which rubbed the front office the wrong way and led to yeah. some of the friction. Um, but it seems like he's been content. He understands that he has to play the center now, not nearly the defender he once was when he, when he came up and could stay in front of guys on the perimeter. Um, obviously the biggest concern with committing, significant a hundred plus million dollars to that player is whether he's going to be healthy or not. Um, I think you only, you almost have to assume he's going to miss 20 plus games a season. Is he going to be healthy in time for the playoffs? Those are all questions to be asked. Um, again, I think he at the right for the right price um, in the right trade package, I definitely would consider it um, because he'd be foolish not to. He's a guy that, you know, is capable of putting up 20, 10 and, and three threes and, and two blocks um, every single time. So um, I just think it, it would just be worth the squeeze. I, I would I would be hesitant to, to to kind of go that route. Yeah, this is a, this is another tricky one to me because so much of it I think lies in a how much are you paying him? Because I think there's a great chance that he would be the highest paid Nick if the Knicks somehow yes. pulled the deal for him, given yes. the deal Brunson has, given the deal Randall has. You're talking about the annual money they make. R.J. Barrett's deal he just signed. Uh, there's a great chance that he could demand more and could get more on the open market. So I think he should be the, the highest paid player on the Knicks, given he would be the third option at at best, the third option, probably. I don't know about that. Um, sometimes that's kind of stuff doesn't matter so much if you're talking about just building the best team, but it is something to consider, especially when you take a part B, which is the health, which is how, Basically, I got to bank on how healthy I think Mitchell Robinson is going to be compared to right. Chris Porzingis. And am I right. willing to pay Chris Porzingis double what Mitchell Robinson is making now, not knowing if he'll be more healthy than Mitchell Robinson? Right. So it's it's a tricky thing. I think the Knicks would be – the Knicks would, I think, become a borderline great offensive starting lineup if they put Chris Porzingis in the starting lineup. I mean, like, they, they, they would make – it would make teams very difficult to match with them because of Porzingis' ability to stretch the floor. Um, he brings you similar vertical, uh, vertical, uh, you know, alley-oop threat, lob threat player that Mitch Robson already is. So if you add to the starting line, the Knicks become, you know, I know they were like the third rated offensive rating team in the NBA. A lot of that due to the offensive rebounding. I don't think they would really lose much, despite not getting any of that offensive rebounding from Pittsburgh that you get from Mitch. I think that they would still be a really good offensive team. Uh, the question just becomes the health and 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 how reliable can he be given the money I'm paying him the commitment, which is why I think those those words Bagley uses um, long term deal and significant commitment are the words he keeps using. I think that this is something Knicks have probably parsed through in house and they've thought, could we bring back Porzingis for just next year and see how it goes? And maybe that's not something he's interested in. And then they say, okay, well, what does a long-term deal look like? And they're looking at those numbers and saying, we can't pay that given, A, his health, and, and also, B, what you may give up. Because even beyond Mitch, 
I mean, what else would would Washington want? I mean, if you're talking about just Fournier, then okay, I don't care as much. But I mean, do they want Obi Toppin? Do they want Quinn Grimes? Do they want any of those guys? Like those are guys I would not trade for Chris Espazigans either. I not packaging them with Mitch. Like it's me. If I'm trading KP, Mitch is the centerpiece of a deal. You're getting scraps after that. If they're trying to get more young players out of the Knicks, then that's where I think you'd walk away. So I think that I think I read this report from Bagley and thinking the Knicks have actually they've went through this. I think that they've probably explored it. They probably thought they were that they also would make an interesting fit there. I think that's probably why Porzingis was saying what he was saying. These teams, like this stuff is decided like months before things actually happen. It's very rare. It's like the day of a guy says, you know what? I want to go to this team and then the, a deal gets signed or a trade happens. This stuff that, that that's all in the works. I think this stuff has been in the works. I think KP was talking about that stuff. Nick saw what he was saying, probably talked to his representatives and say, hey, what would it, how would this work? Probably talked to Washington and say, what would you want? And they've decided that no hard feelings, but I just don't think it's going to work out. And given all of these situations and all the hurdles, I, I kind of understand that. So a couple things. Um, a lot of people, and, and this is something I'm going to harp on dur- during these podcasts all summer. A lot of people have said the Knicks need to improve their three-point shooting. Um, you know, they, they, and they're right. Let's, yeah. let's make no mistake. Knicks ranked 15th in three-pointers made, one of only two teams in the postseason to average less than 10 made three-pointers per game. Uh, they ranked 15th out of the 16 teams that that qualified for the playoffs. Um, but also keep in mind, the Knicks ranked third in the NBA in offensive efficiency this past season. Right. Um uh, they were tied with the Sixers, only two teams ahead of them um, in, in terms of offensive efficiency. They ranked 19th in defensive efficiency. They were, you know, they, they were behind the Charlotte Hornets. Um, they were just ahead of the Orlando Magic. You know, these are not good teams. And this is where the Knicks, yeah. you know, finished the season. Uh, 82 game sample size here um, in terms of defensive efficiency. So um, I think in, in, in trading away your best interior defender um, is a risky proposition at best. Um, and the other thing in, in, in regards to Mitch's contract, um, really important to point out that he is a, this, this, uh, like Jalen Brunson, um, has a descending value on his contract. Um, so he made $17 million last year, going to make 15.6 in 2023-24, 14.3 the following season. By 2025-26, um, the final year of his deal, he's going to make $12.9 million. Um, that's a mid-level that's, exception. <laughs> that's the same level as a mid-level exception for a starting yeah. caliber point guard, best offensive center, rebounder, yeah. uh, center, best offensive rebounder in the NBA. Um, that's a valuable contract. Um, and, and you mentioned twice as much as KP. KP's new contract will be three times as much. Let's assume it right. starts at 30, would be right. 34 or 35 or 38, whatever, you know, depending on, on how they structure it. Um, so would you are you willing to pay three times as much for Porzingis um, when you already have really talented scorers in Brunson and Randall, assuming that, that you're going to keep that as a core. So though, for those reasons, um, I, again, I think the right place and the right time. I like the idea of bringing back KP. I like the idea of him kind of uh, a resurgence in New York. I didn't, I didn't like the way it ended. I don't think anyone liked the way it ended. Um, I thought it was really cool the way he was embraced by the, by, by the Nick fandom. Um, and, and, and everyone really. Yeah. In Washington. Yeah. It was, it was shocking in some degree. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was really it was it was a remarkable. You had that All Star season. looked looked like the sky was the limit. Um, so it was unfortunate the way it played out. As we know now, it worked out in the Knicks' favor. Um, but uh, I, I unfortunately, just with the way that the, the, the roster's constructed, I just I, I don't see it. I, I see it as a point. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's why I think uh, you got Ian Bagley there saying that 
Um, it's not a path that they go down at this time. He's according from Ian Bailey. So we'll continue to follow if this KB situation becomes more of a thing. But as of right now, it doesn't sound like that's what the Knicks are going to explore. 